Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the big difference between winning and losing! Welcome into 11 Personnel. It is NFL Draft Week and Derby Week. I'm Nick Roush, and I'd like to wish you, everyone out there, and Adam Luckett, a very happy Derby. Happy Derby. Happy draft season, Mr. Roush. The draft prep is uh, coming uh, to an end this weekend. I'm like the antithesis of a Scrooge, where, you know, he's just bah-humbugging everything. I'm just... Happy Derby, happy Derby to just anyone and everyone I see. And it, it alarms some people. They don't know what to say back. They're just like, uh, you too, you know, is they're just so they're used to the casual. How's it going or something else. They're not used to that greeting. It's very disarming. Or disarming. Yeah. I've, I have, I, to me, it feels like just yesterday. We were like, it was this time last year. I feel like it's kind of flown by well, in a I, weird way. Yeah, I mean, I would much rather not think about last year, but well, I think just like how we had the Masters in November, how you had Derby wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I will agree with you there. Where we had Derbies and Masters really close to one another, right? Just felt odd. Yeah, yeah, um, and and it also brings you back to to the NFL draft where I'm not saying it's flown under the radar, but there's been so much stuff happening. I know the wait is really long and it felt mm-hmm. even longer without the combine. But when you have March Madness and then the Masters, it does seem to flow right into it. Whereas last year we were starving for anything oh, yeah. and the draft was just our one beacon of hope. Yeah, there's been a lot more, I think, draft fatigue this year than there was last year. Just because we were so thirsty for stuff last year or this year, um, the entire Justin Fields thing has just been exhausting. Um, from from both sides, uh, the uh, the circus that the 49ers are running right now, it's been kind of ridiculous. So, yeah, I, I'm ready for uh, the first three or four picks to be over, and then we can get into the good stuff after that. Right, right, because the 49ers have essentially, by making that move up, they've made it to where they're the first overall pick, and that's what's going to be Right, the draft like starts it, with them, right. It is is – it's going to start with him, but we still Goodell's going to put him on the clock at probably eight oh five, eight ten. Even though it starts at eight, they t- they do all of their intros and all that. Then it's going to go to Goodell, and it's going to take us thirty more minutes before we even. Oh out. yeah, it'll be close to eight forty five before we probably yeah. hear their pick. Yeah, it's just it's just the that that part of it's going to be frustrating, but I, I think once we get into the nitty gritty, it's going to be fun to see how scared teams are into taking quarterbacks. They're motivated by fear like it, and they're all chicken shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kyle Pitts said today he thinks the first four picks are going to be QBs. Yeah. So if that happened, that would be you – know, well, I guess it could be – I keep forgetting there's five QBs. Trey Lance is always like – I keep forgetting about him. Um, and he could yeah, end up being the, the Falcons at number four. Yeah, for sure. He's but, the most, I think, just I guess – I mean, he's good. It's just unknown. You just don't know. 
small sample size, didn't play a lot of football as a starting quarterback. Obviously the competition aspect, but yeah, he's got he's got all the tools you could want. Which um so which which team's gonna hit the Kyle Pitts lottery? Because they're gonna hit one. Is it yeah, I mean Falcons at four always seem like to me the the place to land him. Um they committed some money to Matt Ryan in the offseason. So it seems like they're willing to wait on a quarterback there for a little bit. Um, they got a new coach there. Arthur Smith came from the Titans. It seems like you know they need a tight end. Like that would be make the most sense. Um, but I don't. I mean, I don't know if he goes after that. I mean, the the Bengals are they're considering Chase or Penny Sewell at five. All right. So who do you want? I want Sewell. Uh, Chase is great, but you gotta have somebody the, to protect. Your yeah, I mean, you can get good receivers. It, the, the the game has proven that college football is just pumping out wide out talent. Mm-hmm. So you can get good receivers. I think. One of my hot takes for this draft is like the ta- the offensive tackles are getting talked up. I just I don't I don't really see that. Like I think like you like usual it's a guy if you don't get a guy in the top ten or the first round, like the tackles is I mean it's just a crapshoot. You're you're it's you're rolling dice without with uh, the board leaning against you. I feel like so yeah I, I want them to draft Sewell. Um, if they draft Chase, then they're, they're, you're risking a lot there in the second round for somebody to fall to you. So I, I would draft Sewell, but I mean we'll see. I mean obviously the Burrow connection is I think pretty big there. Yeah, the Sewell one felt obvious when Burrow got hurt. It was like, well, good mm-hmm. thing he's sidelined. And I wonder how much of it is the long wait, and we've got dudes making mm-hmm. mock drafts that just need to do yeah. something different when they're creating content. Because I I, I think it, as we get into the case, just for UK guys. I mean, Cleveland's always just made the most sense for Jamin yeah, Davis. that's what I keep coming back to, too. Yeah, but, like, people just want to move him around, and I think that's out of boredom because the NFL takes way, way too long to figure – to, to get their draft to happen. It, this should have happened a week or two ago. Make it the weekend after the Masters. Just keep this thing rolling. Yeah, they got to stretch it out, man, get that offseason content. I know. It's just too much. I mean, Shout out to CBS though that they've they've made like that farm system of mock drafts. It's crazy, um, but good for them. Good for them. Uh, look at is there big picture draft before we get we dive all the way into the UK guys? Is there is there anybody in particular that you think could be a, a steal in this draft that might not be getting talked about as much, but could could end up being a big time contributor? Yeah, Trey Sermon, running back at Ohio State. Um, he's kind of slept on. You look at him at his production in college, he he hasn't been overworked. He bursted on the scene for Ohio State this year when he got healthy. Um, we've seen that outside wide zone make a big impact, and he's a perfect runner for that style. He can also, you know, Oklahoma, they did a lot of stuff with him in the past game. They did some stuff with Ohio State. And he ran all over Clemson in that semifinal. He got hurt against Alabama. He's just a guy I think you could get maybe the third round that I think you could get really good value. And as like a fantasy guy, he would be a guy I would keep my eye on when the fantasy draft rolls around. That could be a good value guy. And we see running backs all the time, third, fourth round running backs come in and boom, explode, have a big season. He's a guy I really like. Um, I mean, Terrace Marshall is the other LSU receiver. He had a really big season last year. He can play in the slot or play that vertical C receiver. 
he's a second round mock. I think he's pretty good. I think he could be a surprise. He's been kind of a buzz guy as of late too. Yeah. And then um, there's a little slot guy, Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan. This guy's Ooh. just a bolt of lightning. See, I like I like this. I'm like you're getting an undersized yeah. guy from the Maxion, right? I mean, there's there's a ton of them out there, and I mean, mm-hmm. Edelman comes to mind just because he's a retired guy. But there's a dude for the Browns that right. played for a long time. Well, that was undersized, played both ways. You, you, there's small, yeah. right? There's small school receivers in every class that come in, and it's like whoa, like that mm-hmm. guy, guy, guy can play. I think that could be this guy. That could be this guy in this class. Um, and then I don't love the edge rushers in this class. I think if you need an edge rusher. Um, this is not the great, the best class to, to, to need one. Um, and then Syracuse got a safety. Andre Cisco, I think, is really good. He's got like 14 interceptions in like 20 something games in college. Um, he's got really good speed. I think third to fourth round, he could be a good pickup if your team needs safety help. So those are some guys I've looked at. And then I'm interested to see what the Raiders do because they go off the wall every year in the first <laughs> round. Even last year, we saw third round, they picked two players that played the same position, one being Limbo and the other being Brian Edwards. And that was head scratching. Yeah, and the they end up trading Bowden almost immediately, right. and then he and then they yeah they wasted life. draft capital, good solid draft capital. Like you should shoot for getting a starter in the third round. Like that's what you should be shooting for. And then all those first round picks they got with the Khalil Mack trade, they've kind of have wasted. Mm-hmm. They really haven't got any impact guys for these weird draft tactics that Mayock and Gruden go through. So they usually have a surprise or two. In the draft, and there'll be one I watch closely for sure. I, I heard about uh, Jason Owe. Owe, yeah, Penn State. Jason Owe, zero sacks last year. That is wild. That also he he did put up some gaudy numbers, some gaudy athleticism, but mm-hmm. you can't tell That's me what you're that, drafting him on just the traits. I mean, my God, zero sacks. How is mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and then uh, Aziz Ojolari, I think, is probably the best. Him or Quiddy Pay at Michigan are the best edge rushers, and both those guys are short on the shorter end of the stick, six two, six three. It's that's just scary. Like you, that's just scary. You don't see a lot of dynamic six two rushers um, in the NFL. Well, that, we'll, we'll get to that with Boogie Watson too. Why I'm going to explain why I think he's kind of become this. Un, it's going to be an undrafted free agent, and a lot of it I think is due to the measurements. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into the Kentucky guys. I think in Jamin Davis's case, we we mentioned the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, for sure. When when it comes to inside backers, it doesn't feel like it's valued like it once was. But in Davis's case, aside from Micah Parsons, there doesn't feel like a slam dunk guy right. out there. And, and Davis does a lot of things that NFL teams really like nowadays. Yeah, usually if you've got a Devin White a Devin Bush, guys that talented. If they go in top 10, it's pretty cut and dry. But after that, teams are usually willing to wait second round, third round to get these guys. Um, but what we've, what we've seen with Davis and I think Parsons and Jeremiah Wusa-Karamoa, who's kind of like a linebacker slash safety. Ooh, way to pronounce that. You yeah, I've been working on that. Journalism school or something? <laughs> Goodness gracious, so, you must be a big J. Yeah, so so I think they've just kind of – they were kind of right there in between. Um they like them. I think linebackers becoming more important, especially if you can get athleticism at that position to run sideline to sideline. And that's really why I think Davis has blown up because of what he can do uh, at, in, at, from a coverage standpoint, the plays he can make in space, his testing numbers um, athletically were, were off the charts. 
And so that's why I can see him plugging in somewhere. Um, and he, he's going to have a chance to go and play for a good team. I think the Saints are a legit option. I think the Browns. If the football team's um, traded down, maybe he could get there, which would be a great spot because they're going to have one of the better defenses in the NFL next yeah, year. Yeah, their defense is pretty awesome. They And then the, the, the Packers need an inside linebacker help too. So that could also be, you know, I, I mentioned Packers and Steelers. or I, I didn't mention Steelers for him. I mentioned Packers. Um, and Steelers for another prospect, but they, uh, there, and there's, there's Kentucky proof there. Like they've gone to Kentucky, they've had success with these players. Yeah, Tomlin likes those guys. Right, so that could be um, a uh, yeah. way for them to get in the the building. I think I saw Bucky Brooks had Davis to the Steelers today, and you know he's a guy that's pretty in the know, and some of it just comes down to want versus need. Right. And obviously the Steelers need help at running back, but do you take a running back in the first round unless it's Najee Harris? Probably not, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. So, so I, like I said, a lot of these teams are motivated by fear. Mm-hmm. And if, if they're scared that their guy that they won in the second round is going to be off the board, they might jump at him in the first. Yeah, I mean, they're, the Steelers are getting a running back in one of those first two picks. It's just mm-hmm. whether they want to spend the first round draft capital on it. So, yeah, uh, I think either way, Jamin, it's, it seems like he's going to go to a potentially a good team, a good situation. Um, so that that's good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it would be fun with the Washington football team because they are the rare case where they're a, they've been a pretty bad team. Right. But they actually have drafted well outside they've of the They've got fun Dwayne pieces, Haskins. yeah. Like mm-hmm. in Dwayne Haskins, that was considered a, a good get for when they got him as far right. as their position in the draft. Because uh, defensively, they're getting, they've been getting surefire guys. You know, like right. this dude's a bona fide winner. And that front four, those dudes are like all in their rookie contracts as well. Yeah. So they could be bona fide badasses. You throw Jamin in there, kind of yeah. plug and play. That would be that, and especially in the NFC East. I mean, my God, that division. You yeah, they're going to be the favorites to win that for sure. Last year, did they end up getting, they never got a quarterback, though, did they? They signed Fitzpatrick. He's going to be their starter oh, this year. Oh, oh, perfect. He that is the perfect team for Ryan Fitzpatrick to just like. Yeah, and they're going to also probably going to. Yeah, they're going to end up drafting like Kellen Mond or something. Ian Maybe Book, in the, like third round. Yeah, Trask in like the yeah. second round. Yeah. That, so yeah, um, but yeah, their defense, man, it's 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 really fun, and they they could be a good you know a good team in kind of a bad division where their record probably could be better than you than it really should be. But yeah, they they they're definitely a team that a lot of people are going to have in the playoffs entering next season i was about ready to say yeah they could i could see you know being a 10 win team and that would be even easier because there's an extra game now maybe 10 and 7 yeah i keep forgetting that i'm gonna have to yeah oh, drill that down that's gonna take a while to get used to uh man it was like last year saying the derby was in the first saturday in september it just doesn't doesn't roll off the tongue doesn't doesn't, yeah absolutely doesn't hit quite gotta retrain same. our brains i mean you can tell that it's Derby week around here, though. The weather, people out and about. Like, Kroger was a madhouse today. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. the, the buzz is in the air. Uh, I wonder what it's like in Cleveland. I wonder what it's like to be in a draft city at this time because since they started doing this traveling road show with the draft, I, I, I initially was like, I mean, who cares? But then I went to the one in Nashville for Josh Yeah, Allen's Nashville draft. was crazy. Yeah, and it was – it was fun, and it was a good kind of event to go to that, 
mean, you know, it's, it's free. Like you don't need a ticket to go to the event. Uh, you just need to have a place to stay and you go and party. You can also convince yourself that your team is winning no matter who they get. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so like there's, there's not a, you know, there's not like a big, I, I, I think it's fun. I think it's great that they're going to different cities. Although it, it would suck if you're, I mean, how Cleveland is it that you're getting the draft and it's a draft that you can't really go to and party at, and, you yeah. know, just perfectly on brand. It was in Vegas last year, which would have been awesome. That Especially with the boat, yeah, yeah. That they have, hope they go back there. We need. I think that they agreed sure. that they're going to do it not in twenty two, but I think in twenty three they're going to go to Cleveland. Yeah, or I mean Vegas. So I like that they've taken this on the road. It's been, I think, a cool spectacle. Yeah, and especially when back in the day, I was watching an old compilation of just Jets fans showing up to yes. the hotel ballroom, which was mm-hmm. that was a great clip because my God, what some horrendous picks, especially the one where Warren Sapp's on the board and they take like a tight end or something. It's like you idiots. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> the old school clips of like Giants, Jets fans booing their picks, Eagles. Uh, it's man. just it's classic. The best though are Raiders fans, Raiders fans and Bucks fans because they're the most. I mean, they're here to party, man. <laughs> and they're here to yeah. dress up like pirates and and crazy people. I love it. I, it's a shame we won't get the. It's it's. I think it's going to be a weird viewing experience like it because last year it was just completely virtual weirdness. And yeah, yet, I like know, last year's. Yeah, it, but I think we're going to get a weird mix where it's just going to be kind of heh. You know, like it, it just yeah, it won't mean, be the same as just being the first weird thing from home. And it also won't be the same in that we won't have all of the fans there acting like maniacs on the ground. Yeah. I mean, the Rams aren't even going. They're just kicking it in Malibu. Dude, that house. So McVay. Which, mm-hmm. can I, I – I wanted to pull up the record, but I just want to remind – Everybody who thinks Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach that yeah I saw that today. Well, yeah. did did the record come out again? His record with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback because it sucked. He said um, Cliff Kingsbury's been a coach for how many years? He's had Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, and Kyler Curry or Kyler Curry, Kyler Murray at quarterback, and he's never won more than eight games in a season. Goodness, I mean, like my God, what are you idiots doing? I mean, I get it; he's good looking, he's probably a smooth talker, but Jesus yeah. Christ! Well, a lot of that's. Just the Mahomes factor. He owes a lot to Patrick Mahomes. But he found him and recruited him. So it's not what you know, it's who you know sometimes in life. Kind of like how Mark Stoops should have Austin McGinnis on his Christmas list every year. Mm-hmm. Like that should, you know, come on. Yeah. Don't throw the sure. guy a bone for keeping your job there. But uh, back to the Kentucky guys. Up next. Joseph, day yeah. two. I think that's probably going to be the only day two pick, round two, round three. Interesting uh, valuation, I think, for Joseph. I think he's going to be a guy that some teams are probably going to have like a fourth-round grade on, and I think some teams could have a first-round grade on. Mm-hmm. It's just what you, what you kind of want in your in your cornerback. Um, there's a This year there's some bad on the tape, but there's also some whoa moments in some elite ball skills, top-notch athleticism for the position. Um, he's a willing tackler. Like you could, like he's got some variants. I think where he could go. I could see him slipping into the third. I could see him being one of the top five picks in the second round. I could see him being sneaking in the first round. Some some teams don't go on. Just you know, we like them. We'll, we'll take them right here because that happens a lot with some corners. 
Um, usually that, that position has a high, um, I guess the, the writing system for each franchise is yeah, the variance is all different. different. Right. 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 Cause like, whereas like one analyst has, this is his top five. They can be completely yeah. different for like, the, like the to bring of the Raiders up again, Damon Arnett, they took in the first round last year and everybody had like third and fourth round grades on him. And then they took him at like number 19. So that's just an example. Like I think that happens more often than you think. So, yeah, I mean, I could, I don't think he'll go in the first round. I think it'll be a day two pick, but very interested to see, who picks him up and where he sticks. I think getting into probably a good building um, and someone invested in him is probably pretty important for Kelvin. I saw the Raiders as a potential landing spot and uh, don't know if Vegas. Their corners weren't good last year. They do need corner help for a man boss, man. Yeah. The Titans need help at outside corner. I can see that. They already have one else you got too. So. Would that be the best fit for him? I don't know. That he he's a guy that if you keep on the straight narrow and get him yeah. dedicated to football, he can be playing for a long time. Yeah, but he also could go the complete opposite way, and it mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me. So. Yeah, Dane Brugler's draft guide. He wrote, "There's some character concerns. Some scouts think he might be more worried about his rap career um, mm-hmm. than being a football player." And so I think Daniel Jeremiah has said, "You like teams are going to have to do their digging." in on what happened at LSU and why he left. So we'll see. I mean, it, the talent's there. He just got to put it together. But Right, right, right. I. Uh... But either way, for a Kentucky standpoint, I think that transfer work. Kelvin was here for two years. Um, by all accounts, he was, you know, they had no problems that we knew about at least. I mean, might have been some in-house stuff, but nothing. Crazy outhouse. And he was a good player. He, and he played most of the year and then he opted out at the end. And then they, they moved on, and everything seems to have gone well. Right, right. No, I'm, At least on uh, a surface level. No, that's, that's, that's fair enough. Uh, I am – man, because I, 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 I just don't know. Like you said, there's such a high degree of variance. Whenever we fire off that – who knows when that Apple is going to get fired off Friday night of him getting picked. I mean, nothing would surprise yeah. me. Mm-hmm. But it would surprise me if he wasn't a day two pick, though. I'll at least say that. Um, yeah, I think I don't. I, somebody's gonna if he gets in that third round, somebody's gonna pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. I could see that happening, but I don't think he'd get out of the third round. Now, with the rest of the guys, that's the part. Like it, it's it's a lot harder to peg down, especially because the later rounds are such wild cards to begin with. I'm checking out your. NFL draft guide. And ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't been over to Kentucky Sports Radio and seen the Adam Luckett Shield Sword Performance NFL Draft Guy God, you're you're missing the hell out. Because this is Luckett in his in his perfect world, if you will. What some would call a wheelhouse. Which by the way, is there just a house of wheels that where where the hell did that come from? We just we're just storing our wheels in in houses I don't, now. I don't know. Well, it's this is certainly in your wheelhouse, but I think the pecking order you have it's it's the same as Freddie's pecking order with Drake, Landon, Bohanna, Eccles, Duffy, and then the other guys as fringe okay. guys. But I have the wheelhouse origin story for you mr roush okay means the area of the strike zone where a particular batter batter is able to hit the mo- the ball most forcefully or successfully 
guess some would say their zone, but some somebody called it a wheelhouse. And it's a batter's box. No, it's just saying like the area of the strike zone where you. Yeah. No. Can't. No. But like the, the the okay. But still, it it doesn't really get to the heart of wheelhouse. I guess if you hit a bomb, it's a wheel. Uh, I don't know. I guess they, just because it's they an easy the, swing. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Wheelhouse. Oh, and that's going to be on my mind all day. That I'm just going to be putting my brain in a pretzel over that unnecessarily. <laughs> but we're we're in your wheelhouse. We're looking at what's going to happen on day three. Why is Drake Jackson going to be the first Wildcat to hear have his name called on day three? Forty-four straight starts, two-time All SEC, um, heavy high IQ player. He seems like be a perfect fit for a wide zone scheme at center. Now, with Drake, there are some concerns. Like, he's small. He's the smallest center in his draft, 6'1", 293. His hands are small, eight and a quarter. Like, that's going to matter to teams. Um, so, he's got – it's going to have to be the right fit. But I just think, man, like, you get Drake in an interview room, I'm sure there's teams just – Oh, yeah. Like, okay, we need this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I think fourth, fifth round is where you need to look for him. Somebody's going to – gonna roll with him and um, this is a good center class i think um but but he's a, a specific scheme fit that i think could be really good and, and for that fit i look at the 49ers the browns the rams the packers all those guys need interior offensive line help packers just lost their star center to, to the chargers and free agency so just just keep an eye on those guys and then as we mentioned earlier with the packers they're, they're another one of those teams that's done well with cats Right. So, uh, and I even saw in a seven round mock, they had Drake and Landon going to the Packers. Uh, so, you know, go pack, go. I guess. Landon so much. Uh, we'll get into that. Why I don't think he would be a fit for their offense. Um, because Landon, well, when I kind of evaluated him and did some digging, like he's, he's left tackle, but that's probably not his position in the NFL. Brandon Thorne, who's like the ace offensive line draft guy, he thinks he's a right tackle or offensive guard and could be a really good power player. I think that's I mean, the it, kind of consensus, yeah. Yeah, and then the the, the testing numbers showed up that power. 34 reps on the bench press. He's got monster hands, long arms, a huge wingspan. Um, and then when you watch him on tape, he just he really powers through dudes. Uh, and he's got a really solid punch. But the reps aren't there from a pass production standpoint. And – Mm-hmm. And he kind of he gets um less knee bend and more um waist bend sometimes, and that affects him in pass brush uh, pass pro. But getting into if he moves in the guard, I think that's less of a concern. And then in a power scheme where that's a lot of you know like power o counter stuff like that, where you're pulling one person around and really getting a drive block and moving people off the line of scrimmage physically instead of running a track as you do in zone, I think that could be a good fit for him. And the Chargers, I noticed watching Pro Day, were very much um, in watching Landon closely. I saw the Chargers scout come up and talk to him a few times. I believe they have two oh. picks in the sixth round, so keep an eye on the Los Angeles Chargers. They're late for Landon Young. Mm, blocking for Tristan Herbert, living out in L.A., playing in that and, stadium. Yeah, nice. another thing with Landon, high character, mm-hmm. team captain, did – was involved in some stuff off the field here at UK over at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and he combines it with great play strength. Um, he showed some resilience in his career coming back from that ACL injury. 
um, dealt with pressure coming to Kentucky as a, ha- a high rank recruit in the Mark Stoops era at the time and really uh, delivered um, in his time there in Lexington. So I think all those things are going to be stuff that franchises eat up when they're looking for prospects in the fifth, sixth round. Um, because that that late is where you you don't want to deal with character concerns at all. No, 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 no. You want guys in there that you're not going to have to worry about that are going to come in and work hard and make your team better, and that's what Landon Young's going to do. And so I think sixth round is probably where we'll see him come off the board. Okay, uh, much better than seventh, uh, last I checked. Also, best to not just be sweating it out there that late because yeah, uh, you, you know it's going to be stressful for those guys. I believe that it will be running from like two to eight, three to eight, something like that on Saturday. Yeah, I think it starts at noon. I think it's – or 1130. It's like noon to seven. Oh, man, it's that long. Wow. Well, I will definitely be out of commission for other reasons. Um, but – Yeah, it's uh, it's quite the conundrum for me. I, I do love sitting down and watching all this draft coverage, especially Saturdays for – that's just a marathon. And for football oh. guys, it's picks every day. I and mean, it's like, oh, he's going there. He's going, oh, I remember that guy. And uh, Well, yeah, there's a lot of really good college football players that are familiar faces that will get taken off the board. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also some fun new guys. Like the the, the D3 guy, the other center, that's uh, – they're going to, you know, have videos of him snapping. You know, yeah. So yeah. You're going to get a lot of quirky things. And you get – your Shefties and your Kuipers, you get all of these people who have been on TV for 72 hours nonstop. (laughs) They start getting delirious. Punch drunk, yeah. Oh, yeah, they get a little goofy. You know, it's like listening to a KSR postgame show at 1.30 in the morning. You just just don't know what's going to happen. The picks are rolling so fast there on Saturday, and they're way behind, and they're just trying to touch on all this different stuff. Right, yeah. And you really kind of can tell how much they've researched they've done to spit off takes on all these guys. And then, yeah, it's, I've just looked it up. It starts at noon. I think it'll run to about 6.30. Well, and that's actually, uh, if you're not going to the Derby, it's great for watching. If, But the, the thing is with Derby parties, a lot of it's socializing. You're socializing between races. It's, so so you're going to be. It's great, <laughs> it's great nap television. It is up there with a Saturday golf tournament. Or if you, I don't know, if you go outside, cut the grass, doing some yard work, you come inside, eat lunch about 1 o'clock. Watch a race. Yeah, you lay that. Watch right. Are you lay down on the couch and the draft and the drafts on, and they just have that little music. You turn down the volume a little bit. Yeah, you, and yeah, then it's great nap television. So you have the nap television, but it's also going to be great for in between races because you know yeah, 20, absolutely. 30 minutes, and then you, and then once you get TV in, set up, once you get in the afternoon too. I mean, the one thing the Derby does tick you off with is they particularly for the last race they have like an hour and a half between the second to last race and the derby and the derby's not even the last race they'll have like two afterwards but this the day starts you'll have a pick three that's complete you you could win a pick three bet before noon and the races start at 10 30 but then they start stretching them out to like 45 minutes in between each stakes it gets a little bit longer hell i'll take a nap in the infield you know like the uh yeah, I'll get to a derby party around three, and they'll be on like race six or seven, and I'm like, "Holy cow!" Yeah. But then, then a little bit after that, man, they really start to stretch that baby out that's and build up to it. And all the NBC, NBC honks get on there. You got to hear Rut. Got to see Rutledge go get a drink somewhere and t- t- him tell me who's who to bet on. You get old like, chick or whatever the the hockey yes, guy. Yes. Who, yeah. He, he he like when he tells you your picks. It's almost like if you don't pick this demon, I'm gonna punch you in the face. Like, because he, he's yeah. one of those like old hockey badasses too, where mm-hmm. I don't ever want to differ from him, but I almost always do. 
uh, Rainy Moss is the best out of those guys, though, too. Especially the fact that he's just the white bald Rainy Moss. Couldn't be more different yes. than the other yes. Rainy Moss. Like, yes. <laughs> it's yes. like, uh, it's you know, it's twins with DeVito and Schwarzenegger. Complete polar opposites. But it will be a great viewing day from home. Um, but before we get into the rest of the UK guys and we talk a little bit more derby, I'm going to share a little bit of, you know, how I kind of handicap horses for better or worse. I want to tell you that this show 11 personnel is sponsored by our friends from Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels it is now available in the U S Canada, UK, Australia, New Zealand, and the EU for all of our European listeners. We have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use code Roush to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the movement and other the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped and ignore my wife calling me on the computer because here's the thing that I like about Manscaped. I like it. Not only are they here to take care of you, but they want to remind you that one guy every hour, every day is diagnosed with testicular cancer. This is a reminder to all of the men listening out there to check yourself for your wreck yourself. Manscaped, in addition to providing the right tools and solutions for safe and easy manscaping, they've partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to spread awareness for men's healthy and early cancer detection. Folks, my my mother has been dealing with cancer. She gives chemo for a living. And the amount of people our age that go in with situations like this, it's disheartening. It's heartbreaking. Don't be one of those. Get Check yourself, seriously early and often to make sure there's nothing irregular there um, because it it can just be devastating. Early detection is the key to stopping this. So please go down there and and while you're using your Manscaped razor, go ahead and and check them out for any lumps, changes in size, pain, anything like that. Because if you find it out now, you could save yourself well down the road. So a big shout out to Manscaped and the Testicular Cancer Society for raising awareness. It's something that's not funny, as funny as some of these ads can be. Catch it now before it gets too bad. And while you're doing it, make sure you're using a Manscaped razor. The lawnmower is an incredible precision tool. You can also get the crop preserver and the crop reviver. To keep yourself <laughs> fresh and clean. Uh, the Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with anti-chafing performance boxers to keep your package feeling cool and refreshed. Get 20% off in a free shipping with the code Roush. That's R-O-U-S-H at manscaped.com. 20% off in free shipping with the code Roush at manscaped.com. Big thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring 11 personnel. Now. Back to the NFL draft like it. We still have some prospects to discuss in that those late rounds. Let's see here. Who are we, who are we on now? Like yeah, the most interesting one, I think, maybe of the whole draft class is Quentin Bohanna. Um, because if you look at the numbers, they're not there. But if you ask anybody around Kentucky, they'll tell you how important he was. Huge, nice wingspan, big, massive hand, 6'4", 327, a two-gapper. Um, a space eater guy who's going to eat blocks, but he's not, you know, a pass rusher. He's not going to produce a lot of tackles for you. Maybe, maybe so, a PD pass deflection or something here and there. Yeah. But yeah. He, he's not as disruptive. You might like the two gapper phrase though. All time football guy phrase. Love it. Right. Absolutely love it. Yeah. They're just, it's just hard to know what teams, you know, really want that two gapper at nose and value it. 
think you're looking at a three, four scheme, but there's a lot of those in the NFL. So projecting where he's going to go, I think is really hard. You don't really know. Um, I've seen in some draft boards, some higher value him higher than others. Um, so we'll see. It's, uh, you know, he has a specific, I think, skill set that can be valuable to a team, but they have to want that. And I don't think a lot of, you know, a, a good chunk of NFL teams don't really value or want that. So seeing where Bohanna goes, I think it's going to be very interesting. It could, I think there's a wide range of options there for him. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm right there with you in that. Find, uh, knowing a team that wants a, a nose like Bohanna, who was definitely valued more at that position in previous years. Now yeah. they don't like it. That's just not the style. Mm-hmm. NFL is more played in space now, so you don't see it as much. But as you said off the top, I mean, he was a very valued member of the team despite not having the necessarily the stats to back it up. Um, and, and another guy that produced some to, at times, uh, and I, I say at times because he made he made some impact plays throughout his Kentucky career but he never could consistently become the man. And that's Boogie Watson, where this time a year ago, we talked about him, you know, potentially moving up to be a day two pick, but the, the, the sacks weren't there this year. Yeah. But when Boogie, when you look at his career in whole, like he's got some numbers, career 28 and a half tackles for loss, 18 and a half sacks, six forced fumbles. Mm-hmm. So you've got disruption there, but sometimes the roster lies to you. And this is a case where Kentucky's roster lied to us because we thought he was six, three. He came in at six foot one um, when he measured in. And that's just, that's a, like almost a no go there when you're looking for edge rushers. Um, mm-hmm. Now, he does have a wingspan of 77 inches and long arms of 33 and a quarter, uh, which helps him in those situations. But it's just hard to sell a team on a six one pass rusher. And then he puts out a 4.7740 time. He can't, he can't run in a straight line. Yeah. <laughs> he was just going at an angle. I don't, I don't know what the deal was, but he could not run in a straight yeah, line. Like he's day. faster than that, I would say. But yeah, it was not a great, a great. A couple Wildcats had great pro days. We talked about Landon Young, and we're going to talk about Brandon Eccles here in a little bit. But it was not a good day for Boogie Watson, I don't think. And then I think when you look at him and this body type, um, I think he might be slid inside and play kind of that traditional inside alpha ball linebacker instead of an edge player, mm-hmm. um, which he confirmed to us during a pro day media sessions that some teams have asked him to do it, and he's been willing to do that. So I think he's going to be an undrafted free agent, and they're going to try him out there, and we'll see how it goes. But, but yeah, I think this is a, a, total, a total testament to, like, there's just certain measurements you have to hit. Um, and he, I just think he's came up short on some of them. And this, that height and – that that forty time I think is a concern. Yeah, yeah, and you know can't too tight. <laughs> no, we, we, we like the forty. Yeah, the forty's not like in that position. You're looking at more shuttle and three cone and stuff like that. But when you you know a defender, you're supposed to play linebacker, and you're throwing out a four point seven seven. Especially in a, a a pro day where Kentucky was very friendly, yeah, you're beefing up the numbers, right? <laughs> So, you know, that, that tells me it was probably closer to five, which is scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not great, Bob, not great, Bob, but he has shown that he can play that inside spot. And ultimately if he doesn't get drafted, he'll find a better spot looking. Right. Yeah. I think it's probably, it'd be better for him just to pick somewhere. Right. To shop, to shop fits and get picked by somebody in the seventh. 
in in Max Duffy, that could be the same case for him. He could be shopping for fit. He could be taken in the fourth round. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll get drafted. I think there's a good case for him to be the best punter in the class. Usually about two or three punters get picked. I think he'll get drafted. But, yeah, that's another position. Some teams value it more. So some teams may think he's good enough and they don't want to risk it. They'll just go ahead. And if they got a few fifth-round picks, they'll just take a flyer on him right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see with him. And then over to Eccles. I think Brandon Eccles potentially went from an undrafted free agent to a drafted player on pro day. He had an outstanding pro day. Um, he's only 5'10", 179, so outside corner. That's a concern. And the fact that he only he had just one interception to go with 11 pass breakups while playing a lot of snaps in two years, like that ball skills portion, that's going to that's gonna scare some teams. Um, that he wasn't able to make enough plays on the ball, but he was a very active tackler, which his teams, teams are going to be happy to see. Um, he's still new to the corner position. He's got a dog mentality. He, he gets after it. He's not. He's gone up against some top competition. Hasn't really taken a step backwards. And then you add that with a 42 and a half inch vertical, an 11 four broad jump. I mean, just ridiculous numbers on a 510 frame. Um, so, so I, I think he's gonna he's gonna get drafted. I think due to that tackling ability and that athleticism, I think teams are gonna be like, all right, we can turn this guy into the slot corner. Yeah. I think that's where they're they're going to spend the development pick on him, trying to develop him into a slot corner. Now he tried to play that at Kentucky a little bit and didn't really go too well. They kind of just kept him outside, but I think his development to turn into that is going to give him a great chance. And that athleticism and he's still kind of young to the position, still growing into it. I think is going to give him a potential chance to stick in the league, but getting on the right team, I think is important for that. Yeah. And, you mentioned that they're gonna they're gonna want to use a developmental pick on him. It's kind of similar with Big George, where the Giants saw some some mm-hmm. physical tools and we're like we're gonna use our compensatory pick on him because yeah because there's definitely a market for a player like Brady Nichols think, out there. Right. I think it could be a very similar story to that that a team came to pro day, they saw him post those numbers, and then that's what made them want to want to draft him. I think it could be a similar story to Georgia Sophomore J. And uh, as for the other uh, free agents out there, well, they aren't yet, but I think they will be. Phil right. Hoskins and A.J. Rose. Rose is a pass catcher. It can be intriguing. Yes, it, yes. Especially, like, we, we saw Jalen Hurd be pretty successful making that transition at Baylor. I don't know if he stuck around the league or not at all he's on the Niners but, right now I think yeah so you, you know you've seen it elsewhere where you get kind of a bigger running back who's got some explosiveness uh but hasn't really he's caught some passes but hasn't spent a lot of time out there you know I, I could see that definitely happening for him uh but it's 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 yeah there's definitely some some potential there as a pass catcher and so I could see a team signing him and stashing him on a practice squad to see how they could develop him in a year. The thing about that position, though, is a bunch of backs come out every year yeah, who are yeah, all about the true. same. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. It's a hard position to stay at. Um, but at least uh, he, does, he does have physicality on his side. I don't think he had the greatest yeah. 40 time, but he does have. Where, where he's, you, good in pass pro- ex- he's good in pass protection. He doesn't really run through tackles. No. Um, he's not a good short yardage back. He's not a great tackle a breaker. Um, so a lot of his, you know, I could see him potentially maybe being a good outside zone back, but but you got to have really great balance, be able to bounce off guys. And he never, he didn't really do that at Kentucky. Um, but really, it's all about 
the receiver value? How can he, with something we haven't seen, how can he, you know, just on the fly and develop into that? If he can prove to be something there, he's got a chance, I think, to maybe stick on a roster for a year or two. Um, but, but, but I think the team's going to get him. Say he's a developmental player. Therefore, sign him and let's see what we can do because he does have high upside. I think as a pass catcher, as a third down back. Right, right. And in Phil Hoskins' case, uh, he's the one I could see. If you're telling me, if you ask me, Adam, which one of these three undrafted free agents, if one went, who would go? I would say it would be Hoskins. He's six foot four. He's shown some pop as a interior pass rusher at times. He's got an 83 and three eighths wingspan. He was productive with 30 tackles. You see that play he did against Georgia where he gets the PBU and the interception. So there's some stuff there. Now he's old. Uh, that's the one I think big mark against mm-hmm. him is just his age. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, you can you can buy into his traits easily. And so I think he's going to be a guy to keep an eye on. Certainly. Certainly, certainly, certainly. Hopefully old man Phil uh, gets his – Gets his name called. Uh, if not, we'll be finding out late Sunday night, maybe or late Saturday night, maybe early Sunday morning, where these guys end up in free agency. Um, but when all of this is going down, uh, as much as I wish them well, I'll probably not be paying attention because the Kentucky Derby is Saturday. We're back in the infield. The greatest 26 acres in sports is back. And like it, I've got to toe a fine line here because – the last time I was at a Kentucky Derby, I wasn't pushing 30. I'm not 30 yet, but I'm pushing it. So not only do I have that going against me, but I also cashed in pretty well Derby weekend last year when I was really paying attention. And I don't know if that was just a byproduct of horse racing was like the only sport I got to watch over the summer. It was just, oh, it's a Saturday. Let's pop on Oakland Park, see what's going on over there. So I, I don't know if the, the familiarity help that much more I, I but i hope that some of my strategies are still intact so look at here, here's my 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 big ones okay this, when you're re, when you're reading a program this is kind of what i'm looking for generally speaking and this is just for all race days i like horses that are moving up a class and kind of extending out so maybe they just won a fifty thousand dollar race and now they're moving up to an allowance and they kick their tails in but everybody else in there they've been racing allowances for a while it usually means this horse that's just the next step in in their long-term career path and they could be even better down the road now now you might be getting some good value in them i also like horses that continue to improve with their speed figures uh the buyer it's not this like the fastest horse always wins. It's not how it always goes, but it's a good, you know, kind of general. Right, right, exactly. And what I found too is that, man, playing pick threes is so much more fun and can be more profitable. It's not always the case, but on a day, on days like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, where you've got these just big fields uh, with a lot of talented horses, you can get some value. So, like on the final day at Keeneland, I played a pick three with West Ward horses. West Ward, he's a big Keeneland trainer. He's good with turf horses. All three of his horses won. The $2 ticket paid $2.85. That's not going to be happening Derby weekend. You're going to get some better value out of that. But the pick three, picking a few winners in a row, if you can single a horse in one of these, a pick three, a pick four, a pick five, like that's where you can hit it big. So 
last year I hit a pick five on Oaks Day with She Dares the Devil at the top, the Kentucky Joe's famous horse that uh, ran out of Brad Cox, beat Gamine, was a in Swiss skydiver, huge under, not a huge underdog, but a pretty big underdog came in. I had that horse as, that was my longer shot with the two favorites in the final leg. Well, because I could single Monomoy girl and a leg, I could spray around. I could have three horses in that and I could have four horses in another one. And the ticket cost me $30. It paid out like 1400 or something like that. So if you can get a nice little pick three where you're like, I know this one horse is going to win this race, then you can press all <laughs> and you can, you, you can, cash a nice ticket and, and have a long shot come in so those are just something some little bit of betting strategies in my final one i know matt he has his trifecta for derby i always do a i try to do a five horse try i'm going to tinker with a super in the derby this year but in my five horse try there's i like to have a speed horse because there's usually going to be a speed horse that takes the lead early and it ends up, you know, dying back down, but it could end up still hitting the, the money third. Yeah. Yeah. Um, soup and sandwich is kind of like that this year. It's got some outside speed, uh, midnight, midnight bar. Uh, I'll get into it in a second. Um, <laughs> but th there isn't like as much just real hot. Like we know this horse is going to the front. Like I, I believe they wasn't sitting on go last year, but there was usually there's like a horse near the rail that you're like, all right, I know they're going to put him straight to the front. So typically I'll try to do a speed horse. I'll try to get a closer of some sort, I'll try to throw in a long shot, the favorite, and then a horse that I really like this year, the horse that I really like is also a favorite. So I'm probably going to include Mandaloon. And that's just because I love Brad Cox horses. I can't help it. He's won me a ton of money. Dude's awesome. Seth and guy shout out. Um, but Mandaloon has been like at the buzz horse on the backside this week where it ran a good, uh, it ran a good workout. It had a great times, so people are like, ooh, watch out for Mandaloon. Sometimes they can come back to bite you, but luckily it ran like uh, a dog, and it's the last time out in the Louisiana Derby, so I think a lot of people are just going to be like, ooh, why would we pick that horse? Where other people, they're, the wise guys, they're just say, they're tossing it and saying, you know, he could run. He's ran the seventh best, best speed fig all year. Uh, I think the fourth or third best among anybody in the field, so some believe he can get back to form and that he's due for a bounce back. I'm looking at this right here and just uh, my analytical brain is working. Okay. There's six fifty to one shots. Yes. That seems like a lot. Is that normal to have, you know, a good chunk of the field be sitting there at 51? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing too. There were more scratches. Okay. Than normal this year. I, I will say that. Uh, so that's, so we got, so you're telling me we got some bums in here that shouldn't have made it. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Okay, that like would that makes sense. He's a bum. Throw him out. Uh, yeah. So, is there any? Is there any of these, like, of these fifty and thirties, like who who has some value? Like, if you're looking for somebody to maybe come in the money, like, is there someone that you should so, be heavily considering? So for my for my 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 long shots, the ones that I consider that actually have a chance. Um. I, somebody convinced me to keep me in mind is a decent closer that okay. that can potentially if he get like he, he's had some bad setups in races for him to be a closer so i'm considering him 
And Obizos is – Obizos is one that I, I like, but he kind of worries me. And mm-hmm. then I, I don't like how many other people like him. People are him. jumping on him? Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. one, of, one of those deals. But uh, Greg Foley, he he's out of Oldham County. I actually play basketball with his son, Travis, who's – he's an assistant trainer, I think, now for Asmussen. Um, but – Obizos is a horse that's had he's won in a couple different ways. So he could be a closer. And Midnight Bourbon, he's he's a 20 to 1. Um, I think he's gonna be right around there. Like because yeah, you know, all I've these heard odds are that move like up and down. Um, he's another one that I'm considering as my long shot. Uh A, because Asmussen hasn't had a winner yet. He's almost kind of due. And uh that's a horse too. That's a little bit on the wild side. If he can kind of get it together, maybe that comes in. There's one horse that I, I just granted. I'm very biased for the West Coast. I'm very anti West Coast. Medina Spirit. He's going to take some money because he's Baffert's only horse in here. But yeah, he's like his fifth worst horse. He had so many better horses this year that got taken off the trail. I think he's a bum. Baffert is setting the bar low in hopes that he'll exceed expectations. Um, but I think he's a bum. There's going to be people out there who say, well, yeah. authentic was he's kind gonna, of similar. After last year, Baffert's going to get a lot of money. Yeah, like. he's going to get a lot of money. That price is going to get driven down. I, so I don't like Baffert. And the one thing that – so I, I think to, to kind of separate the field. So those are the kind of long shots. The ones that people – the horses people are going to use to try to beat essential quality are Hot Rod Charlie, Known Agenda, and Rock Your World. Rock Your World is probably the speed horse this year. He ran a really good Santa Anita. He doesn't have a body of work. Known agenda, a lot of people really like that horse, and then he drew the rail. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's almost like a no-go there. Right, right. So I got to throw him out too. And then Hot Rod Charlie. Hot Rod Charlie, his connections are fun. They're just some frat bros from like Brown who don't really know what they're doing. They have one guy who's buddies with Doug O'Neill. Um, and the thing about hot rod, Charlie, he reminds me of like, do you remember the horse Dortmund? It sounds familiar. Dorton was all, he was the bridesmaid to American Pharaoh. I think he came in second yeah, or third that, in that, every right. triple crown race that year. He's one of these big SOBs. He's a, he's a, he's, he's a big ass horse. That's going to be fast. I don't know especially as a shipper because he's coming in from California. I don't know if he can win or not, but I think he might hit the money. So yeah. th- those are I, those are the guys that I, I feel like you have to have at least one of them in your try. But which one will it be? I don't know. And as another kicker, too, the Bear really likes highly motivated. So, like, I feel like I, I'm, I have to kind of consider him because he's so analytical about the way he approaches things. So I I hate that I haven't narrowed it down more other than I just know that I'm going to be making a lot of win bets on Brad Cox horses this weekend. My second question is how good is this essential quality? Because I'm seeing two to one right here um, in the odds, and that's pretty, pretty high. Yeah, yeah. Like if if you make a try bet, are you just being stupid if you don't have him? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and for all of the, the horse heads out there, they're at least like, you're, you're going to get your, you have to include them. In right. And he's got to be in the like mix. That. Because I mean, he's undefeated and he's undefeated racing good competition. And a lot of people aren't as high on him because of the way he f- closed out the bluegrass. Like it was a tough race. But, you know, Cox told me that size was like, you know, left some in the tank, left a little bit in the tank. I uh, didn't get to the bottom of them in the bluegrass. I like to hear that. Uh, and 
the thing that's great about him too, Luckett, is that he he's won as a front runner and he's also won as uh, having to kind of come in off the pace. So he can, he, he can win in a couple of different styles. And that's why I, as much as I don't like, I, I enjoy trying to beat the favorite, but I'll usually just throw him in that try. Right. I, right. I really do think that this is a, a guy that can win as the favorite. Yeah. It seems that just, like I said, I'm just looking at these numbers here. And when I see that two to one, like, that kind of tells me like this, this, this is the best horse pretty clearly in this crop. It's just mm-hmm. you know, do you ha- do you get the breaks? Fourteen's not a bad slot to come out of. No, it could be a lot no. worse. You need a little bit of luck to win the Derby, right? Um, there's no doubt about that. And I think you might even get a better price out of him. That mattress Mac guy, he's a huge just oh, screw. He's a guy. goober. Yeah, and yeah. he's about to put a ton of money yeah. on to really screw up the odds. But I do think you two. Somebody was was telling me a few weeks ago they were hoping to get five to two out of him. I, I, I'm hopeful that will be the case because I still think a lot of people are going to try to hit with long shots because people are going to be saying this is a wide open derby. Well, one thing, yeah, one thing you could have in your favor there is last year that the favorite was just ridiculous. I mean, everybody was betting on him. Yeah, he was a really low favorite, and and so you know, like this beat. year, this year the thing's going to go. I think the other way. People are going to be like, I bet the favorite last year. I'm not betting on the favorite this year. Right, so right. Potentially, right. you could if you maybe waited a little bit. You could maybe on Derby Day get decent odds. Um, and I would there. like to say to, to I know I probably should have prefaced this at the beginning. Um, I do some research, I do some homework, I love this stuff. But up until last year, my biggest Derby Day hit was after I handicapped the entire program. I had all of my picks ready in advance. I was a biggest loser, and as I was sitting in the rain, I was like, "Huh, it's soaking rain in." There's a horse called Funky Duck. I'll put two across the board on him, and he won at ninety-two to one. Betting names and betting dumb connections, yep. it, it works. Like, it, it, it does sometimes. Not every time. Like, soup and sandwich, it's going to take a lot of money, and I think that horse is a bum just from all the, you know, hey. the basic girls that love their soup and sandwiches. But I, <laughs> I – sometimes, uh, sometimes when I'm playing golf, Nick, and I get on the greens, and I'm like, I can't read nothing today. I just – I'll flip a coin. Do I want to aim to the left of the hole or do I want to aim to the right of the hole? And you know what? Sometimes it, probably, it, works, it works just as good as my other style does for sure. You're exactly right. So, uh, on the Oaks, I'll be betting Pauline's Pearl, and that's that was the name of my grandmother. I've got to place a bet on it. I just do, you know. So, uh, when in doubt, just go with your gut. Pick numbers. Uh, I think that's what got my wife. She picked Country House because she was picking numbers. <laughs> so, uh, nevertheless, I hope everybody enjoys their Kentucky Derby. I. We're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon, and I've just got 24 hours left until I'm a free man. Uh, it's 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 I'm busting my ass to get there, but once it gets here, I cannot I cannot wait until to to for this weekend. It's going to be time, incredible. What, bucket. what time's your wake up call? I guess are you doing are you doing the same thing on Oaks and Derby Day? Are you going to take Oaks? Oh, same day easier. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So what's yeah. your wake wake up call? Well, baby's going to make things a little bit different, uh, but you know, uh, usually I'm uh, like, no matter what, I'd be up at eight a.m. and probably at the at my locale by ten at the latest, ready mm-hmm. to ready to rock and roll. Uh, this year, I, I'm in charge of the betting wheel, bringing over a betting wheel from. <laughs> Don't tell the people at St. Paul that I've still got the <laughs> church picnic wheel, but I'm bringing it with me, and we're gonna we're gonna do some wagering. It's gonna be a good time. Um, 
I, I'm also changing things up this year too. Like going Bloody Marys in the morning. It's it's an it's an adult thing in me. I'm just I'm starting to like them now. I used there to. There you go. I can't. I just the tomato juice. Just can't do it. I've tried. Yeah, I, I used to be the same way, I but I just grew into it because uh, it, it does seem like the perfect breakfast drink. And I know people that drink them love them. Mm-hmm. And I've tried. I just can't, I can't do it. Can't do it. Also, I'm a big proponent of the five-hour energies. Some people aren't, but the B vitamins, I think they work wonders on my hangover. I mean, it's yeah. probably Every, just a, a placebo, but I, <laughs> everybody's I've, I've got, totally bought everybody's it. Everybody's got their little own cure. That's the key is just finding it. Uh, and I'm also worried, too. Like it, I've been a Bud Light man for so long. I'm, I bought Coors Lights. You're just mixing it up? Yeah. I, See, you, did, can, cans or bottles? Uh, the wife i asked for bottles and the wife got the aluminum See, 16 ounces my dad my dad likes he's been on a course like kick i don't really um, like it out of cans i don't think it's all that good out of draft but i think the bottles are really good oh yeah yeah bottles are bottles are great yeah uh, i think but, out know, of a bottle it's as good as any domestic i will say um out of know, can i think bud light's superior um, draft at the bud light's number one i think but miller light's good draft beer Oh, yeah, yeah. Bill Light is a good draft beer. I would also say that um, this is a great weekend to just pack a cooler and have that cooler just loaded for the like, I'm not I'm not going to do anything to my cooler for except just to put more in it. You know, like it's just going to be waters at the bottom, you know. Yeah, it's working overtime this weekend for sure. Oh, man. Woo! Cannot wait. Ah! Man, it's, it's going to be an exciting weekend. We appreciate y'all for hanging out with us this whole entire time. I know you all aren't all horse racing fans or aren't all draft fans, but we're fans of Manscaped. We're appreciating them presenting this podcast. Use the promo code Roush if free shipping and 20% off at manscaped.com. And we hope you enjoy it. It's going to be a beautiful weekend in Lexington, regardless. Lexington, Louisville, everywhere across Kentucky. Get outside, enjoy the weather, and enjoy – one of the greatest sports weekends in the world, like it. This Roush is Super Bowl, everybody. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, enjoy the weekend. We'll be back here. Uh, well, I hope I'll be back here uh, next week to talk more ball with you on 11 personnel. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Rash. Go Cats and go Kroger. <laughs>